0: Cincinnati. Hello and welcome to episode 10, yes 10, we've reached double figures, of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast that delves into all things orange and black, Lucas A carrots and Donald Trump's skin colour, as well as the inside of a goth's wardrobe and everything else in between, but mostly of course, everything to do with our beloved Cincinnati Bengals NFL gridiron American football football team. My name is Paul Hirons and with me here in the sewing room is the nerve to my agent, the Vladimir to my Putin, the Facebook to my privacy settings. What? I'm trying to be topical here. (laughs) The Cornish to my pasty, the Cherry to my Diet Coke, the Tyler to my Eifert, the Preston to my Brown and the Matt to my Barclay. It's Nathan Palmer. Nathan, hello.
1: How you doing, Paul? Episode 10. We've made it to double figures. The fans are still tuning in. Um... I'm excited for another good week. I hope you are too uh, and this week really it should be a special one because we've got an
0: incredible special guest. I can't quite believe it and it and it's a special guest that really does take me back and when I say take me back, I mean take me back. It really does take me back, Nathan. <laughs>
1: Is that, is that a tear in your eye I can see there, Paul? It is.
0: I remember when I was a 15-year-old boy. <laughs> I'm getting emotional. <laughs> <laughs> I stayed up in my mum and dad's house. Obviously, that's where I lived. No one else's house. <laughs> I was in short trousers.
1: Well, we, need, we don't need to know any more about those short
0: trousers, do we? <laughs> 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 I stayed up to watch the Super Bowl in 89, January of 89. Mm. He was one of the key players in that team. Oh, it takes me right back, it does. (laughs) Oh, we had bread and dripping for breakfast. Anyway, shut up, I'll shut up. So yeah, we have got an amazing special guest. He was a member of the Bengals' Super Bowl team back in 1989. Um, Oh, sod it. His name is Solomon Wilcotts. Uh, and he will be joining us. I guarantee you, he will be joining us.
1: We hope he's joining us anyway, unless he doesn't pick up after that um, that slightly weird Paul's uh, introduction <laughs> there. <laughs> uh,
0: but, but you know, first we've got a lot to discuss because it's been another busy week at Paul Brown Stadium, and you mentioned last week uh, in uh, in episode nine that who knows what was gonna ha- what would happen yeah. in the forthcoming seven days, and a lot has happened again it's been
1: a what a time to be a bengal's fan See, i don't know i i was expecting more oh, were you i was i mean it's been a good i think probably a five. if we're saying 5 is average i'd say a 6 out of 10 week yeah i like the preston brown signing um we'll come on and talk to about that in more detail i think it's a good week i think it's a good uh, good re-signing as well i think all right
0: right 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 whoa, 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 whoa. chill your rockets
1: <laughs> Let, let's let's go through them one
0: by one all right let's let's talk about Tyler Eifert surprise this is surprising to me but the news that he signed a a one year de- deal with some incentives but essentially a one year prove it deal that seems to have kind of divided fans really what's your t- i mean i think it's a good sensible signing because as we mentioned last week there's no one if he's fit there's no one quite like him down in the red zone or on key passing down situations the chemistry between him and Dalton is you know you can't knock that at all so to bring him back on a one year deal and crucially and which I really love he wanted to be back Mm. he wanted to come back to Cincinnati I think he got uh, interest from the Rams and the 49ers but he decided to come back to the Bengals so I think it's a sensible signing for for just all round, for all parties concerned, really.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you, I'm surprised, if I'm honest. Um, I thought that someone out there would go after him and offer him a bigger deal than we could offer and take a gamble on his talent. I'm delighted to get him back, because like you said, if he comes back and he's what we know he can be, he is that X factor in the offence. And you can't go and pick up someone of his talent level, um, otherwise in free agency, or to make that immediate impact coming out of the draft. So hopefully now that nullifies the need for the Bengals in round one or even round two to go and spend a pick on a tight end. Um, I just pray that he can be healthy and we can get at least sort of twelve plus games out of him to give Dalton that red zone weapon. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I mean, let's face it, it;
0: it is a risk. Let's you know. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Just, yeah. just seeing his record over the past. Well, ever, ever since he's been in Cincinnati, if you take that twenty fifteen season out, it's 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 a risk, but if they do manage to get some sort of production out of him, because mm. you've still got two solid backups in Kyler, T- uh, Tyler Croft and... CJ Azuma, uh, yeah. CJ Zuma. so, you know, why not? I think it's a good deal. The thing with Eifert that's
1: interesting, if you look statistically... Uh, st- get it out. Easy for you to say. Statistically at Tyler Eifert... He puts up a lot of touchdowns, but he's never, ever put up more than, I think, 500 yards in a season, which is quite astounding when That's you think right. of someone of his sort of pro bowl talent. It's the touchdowns, isn't it? It is the touchdowns. I mean, I think in his year in 2015, like you said, I think he had something stupid like 12 touchdowns, but I think only something like 550, 60 yards, which, you know, in terms of, sort of yards to touchdown ratio is quite extraordinary. So hopefully we can use him more this season and he can stay healthy. But, you know, sometimes with... Players like that, you you just can't. You know they are just a bit susceptible, and there's not that much you can do. Well, it's a thumbs up from us for
0: Tyler Eifert signing and or re-signing. Um, the one that made me very pleased was Preston Brown, the inside linebacker, f- uh, formerly of the Buffalo
1: Bills. You now were gushing about him last week, would not you? I you was. like if we could get I mean, Preston Brown and look well, delivered,
0: let's, let's get this let's get this straight, right? He's not a world beater. No. He's a borderline Pro Bowler. He's not going to go side to side with blazing speed. He's not your cover linebacker. But what he is, he's a tackle machine. Yeah. And he's an inside linebacker that is a definite... Well, on paper, we shall see, obviously, is a definite upgrade over Kevin Minter. Yeah. Um, And that's what we want because Minter was a solid player but didn't quite work out in Cincinnati. But you'd hope Preston Brown coming back home to Cincinnati. Yeah. If he's durable... As I say, he's a run-stuffer. He's that big guy in the middle of the field. Yeah. If you can surround him with Burfitt... We'll come on to him in a little bit of a while. <laughs> well come on to him in a little while. <laughs> um, I don't know what that was. Um, but, yes, uh, I, I thought it was a great So I mean, I wanted Preston Brown to hear Whitehead, one of those guys in the linebacker free agency, and I was kind of quite surprised... Um, that they went out and got him, albeit on a one-year deal. I'm not quite sure why it was just a one-year deal. Perhaps finances, that kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, for me, a great signing, exactly what we needed.
1: Yeah, I mean, as many positions that we can fill prior to the draft with solid starters, the better. I mean, I think the fact that you won't get many players in the league that will potentially take a discount or be motivated to come and play in Cincinnati. So to get someone like Preston Brown is fantastic. Um, also, kind of ironic timing with the Vantes Perfect suspension. We'll, we'll come, come on come to, to that. Yes,
0: we're just we're just going through the news <laughs> we're and teasing then don't you a worry. bit. We're you we a haven't bit. got any
1: particularly hot takes, so don't get too excited. <laughs> but. Um, no, I think I think going back to Preston Brown, he will be a starter. I think he will have, be more impactful than Kevin Minter was last season. And like I said, if you've got someone with a bit of passion for Cincinnati, it might help him. You know, give that little bit extra, make himself feel comfortable. And if he can be a, an above-average starter, fantastic for us. That is where we need an above-average starter.
0: Well, you know, we were a bit leaky in the run game has have been in the past two years. So hopefully, with the signing of Baker and um, Preston Brown, that might go some way to shoring up that, yeah. that run defence. Um, next on the list, well, let, let's do the arrivals and then we'll do a key uh, exit um, person. But Matt Barkley, now, yes, he's, he's obviously the backup quarterback. He's got history with Bill Lazor in Philadelphia. Oof. So... Uh, <laughs> Nathan's pulling a face now. Ooh. I mean, to me, that signing was a bit like, yeah, well, he's not amazing. He's, pro-, you know,
1: Paul, he's, you were available as well, and that's what I don't. I understand. was. I, was the, I know your bit. phone got you got a few calls from the Bengals, didn't you? And they were choosing you and not, Matt Barkley. Not about playing for the team, just
0: kind of like <laughs> leave us alone, really. <laughs> but yeah, um, what position would? you Interestingly, if you had to play a position in the American football, what would you play?
1: I think on defense, I'd probably play linebacker. I'm, well, not, one, I'm not quick enough or slim enough. No, to but play, the one you that you would want to play. You want to play quarterback? Like when you call you
0: know, you know when you're a kid, right? And you're in the backyard and playing football on your own. Yeah, this yeah. This is me talking. I didn't have any friends, obviously. Um, <laughs> and you made up commentaries in your head. It's like, oh, his his hiring's on the ball. He goes past one player and he goes, you know what I mean? Do you do you? I know we're fully fledged adults now. Me, me, perhaps more <laughs> so than you, but um. <laughs> What do you still
1: do that? Do you still kind of think you'd oh, want to be a quarterback. Imagine back, yourself, I, I wouldn't. You, I feel like I could see you playing center, no, like you could no. call in out the shots, like, too, no, it's too boring. You'd be calling it out, like blocking him on the left.
0: I'd be, I'd be, I reckon I'd be a pass. I'd like to, well, well, I could be, I'd like to be a pass catching running back, like
1: Gio Bernard,
0: yeah, that kind of thing.
1: You're about Gio's heights, so yeah, you got that there, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. all right.
0: Yeah. What about you? You say you'd like to be linebacker. I'd be
1: unreal. And if I was, you'd have to be quarterback. I'd love to be. Quarterback. See, I could
0: see you talk. I reckon you'd be a good cornerback because you've done half talk some rubbish. So. <laughs> I reckon, like you could, Jones I reckon you could really give it some on the old chat. <laughs> no,
1: like, uh, what's that Keys that plays for the Jags called um, who wound up AJ? Jalen Ramsey. Jalen
0: you... Ramsey. So if you played against AJ Green, <laughs> he'd end up smacking you in the mouth several times.
1: I <laughs> I'll take that. You take it? Yeah, I'll take Jalen uh, Ramsey. You could hold your own with AJ, couldn't you? <sighs> I don't know. How long do you reckon in a fight I'd last with AJ Green? Well,
0: he's quite spindly. Yeah, I think you get him with a that. good gut shot. Have and... you
1: seen his boxing training videos? I have An absolute animal. <laughs> I don't reckon I'd last five <laughs> seconds. <laughs>
0: All right, let's get back to Matt Barkley. Almost disappointingly, I must say, I was enjoying that conversation. But Matt Barkley, um, he does—he oh. hasn't teared up any trees. No, he's not likely to tear up any <laughs> trees. He's not likely to kind of, you know. I mean, the thing about Dalton is he's always, apart. again, apart from that twenty end of the 2015 season, he's been quite durable, is not he? Yeah, he yeah, has, actually. Uh, yeah. And touching wood here, um, he's going to be, continue to be durable. Yeah. So Matt Barkley is your archetypal backup quarterback, right? He's your kind of like clipboard holding <laughs> kind of, you know, man in communication with the guys up in the box uh, and kind of g on Dalton from the sidelines. Um Yeah, you know, I I was a bit kind of like, yeah, whatever about it. I wasn't overjoyed. I wasn't really annoyed. It was just like, right, okay, they've got a veteran backup quarterback who has actually started a few games in the NFL. Not brilliantly, he had a little spurt, I seem to remember. Six starts in five years. Okay, yeah. There you go. He has started some games. <laughs> <laughs> he's not been amazing. I think he's probably thrown more interceptions than touchdown passes, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, for Matt Barkley, for me, what that signifies is that the Bengals are going to draft a quarterback. I think they're going to draft a quarterback within the first five rounds. And I think they're going to make...
0: What, even with Matt Barkley? I don't think yeah, they
1: no, I think Matt. They know they could have signed someone better than Matt Barkley. I they think still that, can. And I think they know with Dalton's contract situation where they can get out any year, they've lost McCarron. Matt Barkley, they could have got a better quarterback than Matt Barkley. They'd have had to pay him more than Matt Barkley and I think that's where they were a bit like, Meh. they've got a lot of picks in this draft and I think they will 100% potentially package them up, do a bit of work. I mean, they've been at Baker Mayfield's Pro Day. And I'm not saying they're going to spend a first or a second on a quarterback. But I think they're in the market for a quarterback. And I think Matt Barkley is a sort of 2-3 guy that they're going to bring someone in, probably in the first, probably inside round four. And they're going to say, you beat Matt Barkley out and be our backup. And learn beyond Dalton for two years. Well, we'll I don't see. think Matt Barkley will be on the team by the start of the really? season. Really? No, I, think I don't, he don't think he will. I think that they are going to bring someone in, and hopefully, if that guy's good enough, will beat Barkley out. Well,
0: I mean, you're right. They do have enough picks to kind of go for a mm. a quarterback. I mean, you know, once you get out that kind of top six or seven guys that will probably go in the first round. Actually, yeah. Um, I think Mike White is a name to watch in the later rounds. But um anyway, here's a name that has got... Uh, uh, well, normally, when you mention this name, uh most Cincinnati fans kind of start throwing things around the room and beating themselves up Um or beating other people up. Um But now, for the first Juju time, I think... Juju Smith-Schuster. No, <laughs> w- we won't have that name mentioned on this podcast, thank you very much, yeah. especially after his... Nonsense on social media this week. Um, Yes, uh, but unusually this week, uh, the the name Russell Bodine has (laughs) caused (laughs) cartwheels and I've not seen so much kind of celebration from Bengals fans at the exit of a player um, than than that of Russell Bodine. I kind of feel sorry for him personally a little bit because I did... Listen to me, but I did get to meet him in Cincinnati in, in December when I went, and he was a really nice bloke. He's not exactly Mr. Charisma, put it that way,
1: but he was a really nice guy. <laughs> However. Um, no one's Mr. Charisma when they're talking to you, are they? Well, exactly. I, I mean, I, <laughs> With your spectacular tone of voice. My yeah, repartee yeah. and uh, vocabulary. Unbelievable grammar. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, I think since they signed Preston Brown, because we were told that. Bodine was a priority, right? Yeah, and they offered him a deal. They offered him a long term term deal. But um, once they signed Preston Brown, everyone was thinking, well, they haven't got, you know, because they're going to be working on extensions for Gino and Carlos and, of course, Denard as well, which I think is definitely Mm. something that they should do. So suddenly it became apparent that perhaps a deal for Bodine wasn't going to happen. And sure enough, he tested the market. And our love affair with the Buffalo Bills continued. Full on love affair. At this oh, moment.
1: it's it's like it's, it's sex everywhere. Oh right. my goodness, me. it is though, isn't it? It's like when you you just met someone and you really like them, and it you have a bit of a fling, and then it just keeps going. I mean, it was the Andy Dawtons to Tyler Boyd, and then it's Preston Brown, and then it's you know, then everyone donated to Dawtons Foundation, and now Bowdine. Like it's just it's just out of control at the moment. And you know
0: what? Going back to um, well, we'll hear from uh, Solomon in a while, but. That, the interesting thing to me um, is that the Bills and the Bengals had real rivalry back in the late 80s. Yeah, true. And yeah. we hated the Bills. Like, Marv Levy was slagging us off left, right and centre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, so this love affair thing is like quite difficult for me to kind of Thin line between process. love and hate, though, Paul. Oh, you know what I mean? my goodness like, me.
1: One minute you hate someone, next minute you're in bed with them. You know, you don't know, do don't know. Well, yes, exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, But, yeah, Russell Bodine, um, I think his exit has made, I would say, 95% of Bengals fans extremely happy. And I think it makes sense, actually, because the draft seems to me to be a quite... Well, the depth for centre is pretty good, I have to say. And you could quite easily draft a centre that is going to be your kind of you know, linchpin of that offensive line for the next 10 years and also a real
1: upgrade from Bodine as well. See, I don't, I wouldn't say I was in the 95%. and I wouldn't really say I was in the 5%. But I certainly think that it's a little bit more complicated than just, yeah, he's not that good. Let's, you know, anyone's better. Because I agree, you know, the draft definitely looks like there's a lot of prospects there from a centre standpoint. But if you're going to plug in a rookie centre, that worries me a bit. With a team that is apparently, and I quote, quote, from Jeff Hobson and everyone else and Marvin Lewis, is built to win now, it does worry me starting a rookie centre. But even if he's a rookie and he's
0: better than Russell Bodine, let's not forget he was ranked down right at the bottom of all centres in the league. And to me, his play absolutely reflected that. I think a rookie is actually, you know, it's it's a it's a win-win situation. That
1: line last year, though, was bad all over. and I think when you've got, I mean, Clint Bowling played nowhere near his best last year, and he was our best lineman. And sometimes when you've got crap around you, you play like that, and you've got to sort of overcompensate for injuries, and you've got a lot of people switching around, and there's no cohesion. Now, I'm not saying Bodine is an amazing player, but he is extremely strong. You go back to his combine day, he was one of, I think he had one of the highest Presses And the Buffalo Bills fairly quickly have moved in there within the first week and said, you know, we'll pay you. We'll we'll pay you to start. So I think I'm not saying I'm not saying by any means Russell Bodine is an above average or quality centre, but he knows the team. He's always been there since Andy Dalton's been there. They've had a pretty good chemistry. Um, But I don't think they have. Well, there was a couple of issues with the snaps, but I haven't seen Bodine do a bad snap in a few years. Well, how many times
0: have you seen Bodine be knocked over? You say strength and that's great. And I it's agree. Technique isn't it? it? Yeah. It's not just techniques, it's his core strength as well. <clears> the <throat> fact that he just gets bowled over every, not every single time, but you know, and there was a there's little bits of improvement year on year, but he's been <clears throat> there for four years, I think. Yeah. Um so I'm I'm down with it. And, you know, the reaction from Bengals fans across the world has been pretty spectacular, <laughs> I'd say.
1: I'm just I'm i I'm fine with it, but I just I, I'm not I've, like I said, I'm not I'm not disappointed by it. I just need to see a solid replacement before I'm too excited by it. Well, if
0: we get Billy Price or well, and hopefully James Daniels, then Banjo, yeah, mark my words, it'll be a massive improvement. <laughs> All that, right. That's my bold statement. All
1: right. Are there any centers left on the market? Are any good? I,
0: well, it's been interesting to see the the center um, market in this free agency, but. Because, again, they're getting paid. Oh, yeah. The and offensive normally, line is
1: over. Everyone's absolutely. overpaid. Absolutely.
0: And good luck to them. You know what I mean? But there does seem to be, you know, every position is exploding. Yeah. I'm not quite sure who's left because, to be honest, now it's pretty obvious we're going we're gonna to draft someone either, I would imagine, in the second round. Uh, but we've got some questions about that later. So, Nathan. Yep. Let's get to a certain linebacker. Now... We got the news, Preston Brown. Everyone was pretty happy with that, I would say. Sweet as a nut. Sweet as a nut. And then, the Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. (laughs) Within hours, (laughs) the news broke that Vontez Perfect had been suspended um, for four games by the NFL for a performance-enhancing drug. And everyone was like, ah, Vontez, no, 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 not
1: again. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. What do you say? I mean, Vontaze Berfic is such a polarizing player because he's got so many positive attributes. And to be honest with you, if he plays anywhere near a full season, um, there's only one name you want on your back as a fan. You know, he's... Perennial leader. He's entertaining. He's very funny, and he's a quality player. But on the the, the downsides, I mean, they it really stacks up. I They're mean, starting you, to aren't they? they oh, really I mean, are. you've got the problem with Burfoot going into next year is if he lays anyone out, and including the preseason. I mean, this is where it stemmed from. He, you know, took someone out off the ball preseason, it's the Chiefs, wasn't it? Yeah, and that was four games just there. And the thing with Burfoot is, if he in any point in next season gets. Thrown out of the game for anything or whatever he does, you know, an unnecessary roughness penalty. The bar is set so high for him already that it's not a one-game suspension. It's not a two-game suspension. You could be looking at a five or six-game suspension for a head-to-head or anything like that. Now, as a linebacker, you might that you're going to be involved in situations like that. We can't afford, you know, one flag to get thrown. Certainly, the way, the way, the way. Perfect plays. No, of course. It's all or nothing, isn't he, it? He's also the quarterback of our yeah, defence. Yeah. You can't afford for, you know, a guy to throw a head somewhere and he's, you know, chucked out and we don't see him again for six weeks. We've already lost him for four. Um, he's already he also, like, for perfect. like, how many times a game do you see perfect on the sideline with something or other? You know, with a niggle on his ankle or he's, you know, he's, he, people think he's Again, he can I concuss. think that's the way he plays. It is. He. I mean, with concussions as well, there's only so many you can take. There's only so many. If you're susceptible to concussions, they come back and back. They're not anything that go away. You know, if you've had one concussion, you're more likely to get a second and a third and a fourth. And Burfick's had his handful since he's been... I'm sure he's had half a dozen. I th- and it worries me a lot. It just yeah. worries me a lot. I
0: think, um, I, think, I think it's an extraordinary situation. And I, I think it's an extraordinary player to be involved. I just don't know what the answer is anymore because... I've not known a situation like this in sports where a player is so good, and you want desperate to have him on your team, but then it's coming up to like equal that he's a liability now. I think mm. you yeah, know, the, I agree. the scales I agree with you. are kind of equal at the moment. I agree with you, yeah, yeah. And I don't know what the answer is now. There might be mitigating circumstances for this uh, PD thing um because of his concussion but then you've got to ask questions it's kind of like as a i know if you ever, anyone out there that's listened to podcasts this has been repeated i listened to dave lapham uh speaking with their old chum james rapine mm. earlier in this week if you're a, if you're a pro sportsman you know what drugs to stay away from there's yeah, got to yeah. be a list of things that you're not allowed to take yeah and then all it, you know, if you do miss that and if it's given to you by a doctor, then that doctor's got to... You've got to have a word with that doctor. Yeah, yeah. I don't think... I mean, I think that... I don't... I think we've got to wait until what comes out in the wash was this, because he doesn't feel like a druggy kind of player to me. Do
1: you know what I mean? No, I don't think he probably did like that. But I mean, you look at, I mean, I I think this is a relevant example. Like Maria Sharapova, she did something like that, didn't she? She she was suspended for a year for taking something like that, which she thought was prescribed to her. You hear that all the time from pro athletes with their publicists that will come out and say, oh, it's a doctor, you know, my player wasn't responsible for it. And you really might never know. But yeah, ultimately, absolutely. you know, for us as fans and for us as a team, it's a big loss. Absolutely. And you, but you look at last year,
0: suspended for the first couple of three games, yeah, knocked yeah. down to three, I think it was, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. And then he played poorly when he came back. He was overweight. It took him a while. It took yeah. took him yeah. a while to get back into things. And then he got injured. And then he came back. And played incredibly, like mm. took over games against Denver. Yeah, oh, that was an amazing game from him. Yeah, and then got injured again at the yeah. end of the season. I mean, last season was probably his worst in a Bengals uniform. Now, you've got to ask yourself whether the needle is kind of going down on him because no, of I last agree. season. How, is he, agree. So, I don't know what to do with Vontes, perfect. I really don't. And I'm sure Marvin is like tearing his hair out.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know what's really interesting to me is there was that absurd rumour, wasn't there, during the week about the um, Oakland Raiders looking yeah, to Yeah, that's a right. Trade. Yeah. And with Paul Gunther obviously going to the Oakland Raiders and them having a very, very strong relationship uh, with Birthict. If I was the Bengals and the Oakland Raiders are on the blower saying, look, we think we can put a trade together here, we'll give I, you a second I, or a third I'd, I'd and be, a third. For I'd be listening. Yeah, I would. Too. I really would. Because. I mean, a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, perfect voids his um, contract agreement with his suspension and we can basically get rid of him for no money, which is fine. But I'm not being funny. There's not many free agents left of that great caliber we can use that money towards anymore unless you swing another trade with someone, which is potential, I suppose. I agree. So you've got a player that we know is a, the leader of the defense. He's a pro bowl talent. If he was a free agent and he had no red flags, would be one of the hottest free agents in a league full stop, I think, you know, if the Oakland Raiders are on the phone, it's a very tough one, but, you know, if you can get anything in return for him, it's not worth cutting in for nothing. No, absolutely not. For me, absolutely not. It's not worth cutting in. But if Oakland are on the phone offering you maybe a trade for a player who's of any standard or, you know, a solid pick or something like that that you can then use to go and get as a replacement or potentially a centre or I saw a guy on Twitter say potentially swap him for... Um, the Raiders centre they've got a a Pro Bowl centre his name escapes me Rodney Hudson is it right okay they were saying maybe do a swap for him but I also think but I also think the Raiders like why would you want to play with that much baggage I know I know Paul Gunther will be saying oh don't worry I'll look after him and stuff but you know the geezer does anything he does anything he puts his foot one step wrong He's gone for four games, six yeah, games. Yeah. He's already got a four-game suspension. But then
0: suspension. that's that's probably your archetypal Raiders player of old, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, oh, we could talk about Al Davis would love that. Move, oh, right, Al Davis yeah. would love him. Yeah, John Madden would have loved him mm. as a. Uh, and let's let's be honest. There's John Gruden. Probably there's probably, probably players about. back in the seventies far worse than Von Von perfect I don't know what to do about Von and. Uh, I just don't know. I yeah. don't know. I mean, obviously, I think I'm erring on the fact of, erring on the side of keeping him at the moment. Yeah. But let's just see how it plays out. Because, again, anything could happen in yeah, this situation, absolutely. really. Um, right, we've been talking for a long time now. Let's get him on. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, we do have a special guest. Now, this week, we're delighted to say that former Bengals safety, member of that legendary 88-89 AFC Championship winning team, And the man recently voted for by fans as the 40th best player in Bengals history. Uh, It's Solomon Wilcox. Solomon, are you there?
2: Well, I'm here and glad to be on with you. Thank you for that warm introduction. Well, it's a
0: pleasure. It's absolutely a pleasure. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us. Now, as someone who remembers that 80s team very well, uh, I have to ask you a few questions about that team and that Super Bowl run, if that's okay. Um, Now, the offence was rightly lauded that season Uh, but as a member of the SWAT team back there in the secondary you know yourself Eric Thomas David Fulcher and Lewis Billups um, you were arguably the real cornerstone of that defense so what do you remember about that secondary and what kind of made it so special do you think well
2: what made it special is because we had we were at the beginning of this sort of renaissance of the defensive side of the ball up to that point sort of this uh, West Coast offense is having its way, and Dick LeBeau was just entering his career as a defensive coordinator, and uh, as you know, he's the architect of that zone blitz defense, Um, made more famous once he went to Pittsburgh, but he began in Cincinnati, and he would play not just four defensive backs, like the four guys you just named, but most of the time we would line up with six defensive backs on the field. And so that only left room for maybe five other players who were either linemen or linebackers. But that meant we carried the thrust of the defense. We had to be highly knowledgeable on the back end. We had guys who weren't necessarily starters, but by the time they were done playing the game, they had played as much as all of the starters. And so we were very deep. We played eight. Different people in that six-man rotation in our secondary. Everyone got to play. We had to make a lot of plays, not just in the passing game, but the run game. And we had to be uh, players who uh, Dick LeBeau used to say you have to have a high football IQ
0: to play in my secondary. And boy, he wasn't kidding. (laughs) Well, I mean, you were a fantastic team, and uh, uh, I want to rewind back 30 years because it is the anniversary of this year I mean you, 30 years today you were in that off season approaching that 88 uh, season and you guys were coming off the back of a, a kind of a strike ridden 4 and 11 season what was the atmosphere like coming back into training camp uh, of that season and did you know that the talent was there to go on a run yeah we
2: did you know that previous season the 4 and 11 year and 87 that was my rookie season And I remember we was up on just about every team we played. We just couldn't hold the lead. Almost every team came back to beat us. So we knew we were good enough to play with anybody. We just knew we had to figure out a way to finish games. The strike and five weeks off with replacement players coming in the middle of that 87 season to play for us. When we came back, we just weren't mentally all there. So it was a mental hurdle, not a physical one. It wasn't from a lack of talent. In fact, in 88, As we came back to training camp, our owner, uh, the legendary Paul Brown, he pulled us together in a meeting. He said, you guys just don't realize how good you are. Half the teams who play you, they're afraid of you. He said, "They, they don't know what team is going to show up, the team that allows uh, the other opponent to come back or the team that knows how to blow you out in the first half. He said, if you just learn to believe in yourselves, you could go very far. In fact, you'd be surprised how far you could go. Little did we know those words proved to be very prophetic because we did pull it together. We got off to a 6-0 start that year and we ended up winning home field advantage in the playoffs and found ourselves playing in the ultimate game known as the Super Bowl.
0: Absolutely. I mean, just going back to Paul Brown, what was he like? Because we only ever see him on documentaries and obviously we know that he's a supreme innovator within the game. Um, what was he like as a man? You you mentioned that you've been around him. What what would you say about uh, Paul Brown?
2: Wow, he was incredible. He was a, he was so knowledgeable. Even though he was no longer coaching, he was uh, always upstairs, always ever present, always watching. And he could pull you to to the side and say, Solomon, and the next time you want to avoid that pick. Uh, to get the running back out of the backfield open, mm-hmm. what you have to do is you got to clear over the top and avoid the traffic. It'll put you in a perfect position to still have your coverage, but yet you could weed through all the traffic. I mean, he knew the angles of the game. He knew everything, whether it was offense, defense, or special teams. Um, we knew he was one of the great founders of this league, uh, along with men like George Hallis. Paul Brown's name is right up there. He's one of the pillars of the National Football League. And so we felt proud to be able to play for him, um, and we knew that his knowledge, whenever he spoke, he knew how to make you better as a coach. And that, to me, is the true test of, of whether or not you're a good coach or a great coach. The great coaches, they can coach every single position, and whatever they tell you, it's like a light bulb comes on, and you have instantaneously right. uh, become an improved and much better
0: player. Right. Uh, well yeah absolutely that's what you want from a coach isn't it that's what you want from an owner and I guess Sam did that Um, but when you've got Paul Brown kind of watching from the the bleachers it must be incredible now just real quick I want to ask you you must have been asked this thousands of times what is your kind of overriding Super Bowl memory
2: Um, it definitely has to be Jerry Rice (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, just those plays that he made because he was so good. And But we didn't think he would be the one to beat us. We knew he'd get his numbers. Great players tend to do that. But he had an equally talented guy on the other side and John Taylor who caught the game-winning <laughs> touchdown against us. And, uh, you know, but they didn't do anything we didn't expect. You know, sometimes games come down to execution. Dick LeBeau told us here's what they're going to do, here's how they're going to do it, and here's at the moment – in the game when they're gonna do it. And we're gonna call this play, and, I, and all we had to do was execute the play. We did it. They won the game, um, and that really hurts. Um, so I mention those things because that's what stands out mostly, but then there's one other thing. When Tim Cromwell broke his leg in that oh, game, it was heart-wrenching because he was like our, he was our anchor. He was our rock yeah. of our defense. And, and when you saw his leg just snapping too early in that game, we knew we were going to have to dig deep and come up with something special in order to win.
0: And you almost did. Let's face it, you almost did. It was a... Well, it was an amazing game, but obviously a heartbreaker as well. Now, of course, fast forward 30 years, we know you now as a broadcaster from NFL Network, CBS, and now, of course, Sky Sports here in the UK. What has been your impressions of the atmosphere here and, of course, the support as well? You've been to Wembley, you've checked out the games... What's your kind of impression of the game and its support over here? I've got to tell you, I admired the fan
2: support um, by those in the UK and how they support NFL football. I was blown away with the knowledge uh, that the fans in the UK have about uh, our version of football. Mm. We know that uh, you guys have your version of football, but to (laughs) see – United Kingdom embrace our sport in a way that allows them to have an in-depth conversation about the game. Um, I found it to be a very intelligent fan base, um, a ravenous fan base um, that supports all 32 teams, not just the favorite teams, not just the winning teams, not just the most popular teams. I remember going to Wembley Stadium and I found at least one person wearing one of the 32 jerseys that represents the 32 teams in the National Football League. Even There was even someone wearing a Cleveland Browns wow. jersey. Wow. That, that, to me, is impressive. Yeah. Guy, I'm <laughs> they not won sure. One game in the last two years, but someone's still bold enough and brave enough to wear a Cleveland Browns jersey. It tells you you got to have a love for the game when you can wear – A jersey of a team that only has won one game in
0: the last two years. Absolutely. I'm not sure whether it's impressive or just a bit tragic, really. But anyway, uh, Nathan, (laughs) you've got some questions for Solomon.
1: Yeah, Solomon. Now, obviously, um, last year was a difficult year for the Bengals, um, only winning seven games. Um, And at the end of that run, I think a lot of fans in the fan base were looking um, for a new lease of life, potentially in the form of a new head coach. Um, now, Marvin Lewis was brought back. I just wanted to hear what you thought about that and if you think it's the right move for the team.
2: For who again? Can you say that again? The name of the coach?
1: <laughs> Marvin Lewis.
2: Mar- oh, Marvin Lewis. You know, the fan base here is sort of mixed, to be honest with you. Um, I live in Cincinnati. Um, everywhere I go, from the coffee shops to the pubs, you anywhere you go, people are talking about it. Now, there are some who understand that when Marvin Lewis first joined the Bengals, they were by far the worst team in the NFL. They had come out of the 90s um, as the worst team with the most losses and the fewer wins of any team in the league. And he came in 2003, and all he's done from 2003 to 2017 is multiple trips to the playoffs, I think six or seven in those years. They've gone to the playoffs consecutively, um, four straight years, never been done before in team history. And so uh, he, he essentially, what we would saying, raised the Titanic, right? <laughs> because that's where they were. Uh, but they haven't won a playoff game in that time. They still right. haven't won a championship. And so the fans want more. And so I think there's half the fans saying, hey, we remember what he's done here. The other half saying, hey, he hasn't done enough. And so you still have those mixed emotions. I personally, uh, I like Marvin Lewis. I think he's a good coach that can get his team to the biggest games. Now he's got to prove he can win it. It's as simple as that. Um, That's not something you can give a man because you have faith that he can do it. He's got to go out and earn it, and then he'll be congratulated for
1: that. Absolutely. Now, Paul was alluding to your career as a broadcaster, um, and I've listened to many games, you calling them on CBS. Um, In your opinion over the years, for working for CBS – Are there any games that stand out for you as like some of the best ones that you've seen or any of the most exciting moments that you've had to call? Yeah, there are quite a few. One that comes to mind was um, calling
2: the first game that Tom Brady started of his career. Wow. And I remember that game. It was against the San Diego Chargers. In fact, it was a home game at Old Foxborough Stadium. And on that Chargers team... He was playing against two guys that were later become his teammates in Rodney Harrison and Junior Seau. And I remember watching Tom Brady, who had watched a little bit in college when he was at Michigan. And, you know, we didn't think anything special of Tom coming out of college. We knew he was good, but, then no one rated him as great when he went in the sixth round. No one said he was snubbed. They kind of felt maybe that's where he should have gone. But at the end of the day, I remember uh, on that game – he looked so good. He threw the ball so impressively, um, filling in for Drew Bledsoe in his second. It was just his second year in the league, but really his first year as a player. And he threw the ball so well down the field with great accuracy. He stood tall in the pocket. I thought he was in complete control for a young quarterback. And I remember my broadcast partner Ian Eagle asking me, "You've seen this kid, Tom Brady? What are your thoughts?" I said, "I can tell you right now, if he keeps winning." he keeps playing like this, and if he continues to play with the poise that he exhibited today and accuracy, um, I think he should keep the starting job, and I think he's going to be a really good quarterback for a long time to come. The Patriots may have found another quarterback here. I, I didn't think he'd go to be this great perennial Super Bowl winner. I'm not <laughs> just suggesting that, but I think that moment showed me something that, you know, you've got to be able to recognize the great ones when you see them. And when you see it, you know what it looks like. And, and on that day, he he looked the part. He really did.
1: Absolutely. Now, whenever we have a guest uh, come on the show, we like to put them on the spot and ask them what we think uh, the Bengals' record will be in 2018. Now, we've had Ken Anderson on a few weeks ago, and he took the bold prediction of saying 12-4. and 4, And we had Kevin Huber, the punter, on a few weeks prior, and he said 10-6. and 6. What does Solomon Wilcott say about the Bengals' fortunes in
2: 2018? Uh, see, I'm, I'm in the middle. I was already going with 11 and five. Whoa, we'll take um, it. <laughs> I didn't know that would come in the middle, but I'm thinking 11 and five, and I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna win the division. I really do. This is a perfect year for Marvin Lewis. They, when no one expects it, he always gets it done. The problem is, is when we. Expect he never gets
0: it done. So, right, <laughs> so right.
2: I, I expect him to get it done.
0: Okay, great. Thank you, Solomon. Um, I could talk to you all day. As an 80s kid, I'm going to keep banging on about this, but what a privilege it is to talk to you. Um, and yeah, uh, thank you for your time. It's, it's been great to talk to you.
2: Paul, Nathan, great talking with you guys as well. Take care. Thanks,
1: Solomon.
0: Well, that was Solomon Wilcots I'm I, again. I know I kind of wax lyrical a bit, and and is a bit sycophantic, but really, honestly, to get him Sycophantic, a, what on earth, earth does that mean? It means it means, you know, arse-licky completely. <laughs> um, however you know, it's a big deal to get someone on like a real legend, oh, and and you know what he's like on games and calling games. He speaks sense as well, so amazing to have him on.
1: A really nice guy as well. I mean, that that's what I think is really nice when you get um, people that come onto the podcast. Is you know you see him in the media, you hear about them, and when they come on, they've all been class acts. I think that's another amazing thing. So thank you, Solomon, for coming on. It's a, we really appreciate it. Absolutely, and um, and it's great for Bengals UK, right? We're continuing yeah. to
0: build. We've got some. Great things! We're going to have a rebrand in a in a week or so, which is exciting. Um, we have our meetup. If you'd not uh, listened to last week's episode, we do have we do have a fan meetup on Saturday, the twenty eighth of April, at the Britain's Protection Pub in Manchester, and it's uh, the final day of draft days. So we'll have the NFL network on streaming on a on a big telly uh, nathan and i are going to do a live record of Cincinnati, which i'm a bit how's that scared. gonna work like we, i have no we, idea yet. there's That's, gonna
1: be so many drunkies. yeah
0: i'm a bit scared to be honest with you um <laughs> and also, the britain's protection pub <laughs> it's supposed to be our man, our man in manchester jamie, jamie said i'm trusting you Sam. said it's one of the best pubs in manchester you, so we can't wait for that um and also, uh, we're going to have a Bengals quiz that night, so it'll be, it'll be great. If you're in Manchester, Sheffield, north of Manchester, Birmingham, wherever, um, do try and come, because it'd be, it's always great to um,
1: meet fellow Bengals I'd be a right fans. laugh. We'll have a few beers. Everyone have a talk about the Bengals. Quiz will be good. It's a £5,000 cash prize for the winner. <laughs> Donated by <laughs> Nathan
0: Palmer, personally. Um, and a night out with Nathan Palmer.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, we imagine we could go out after that as well. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> we trouble. could, though. It'd be a good laugh.
0: Anyway, yeah. let's gloss over that. Um, right, we do have some questions, and because uh, of free agency and the <laughs> uh, the kind of the scruples that it has uh, produced... Scruples is another good word. <laughs> Stop it. Um, well, there's loads of stuff going on here. It, the questions today have been flying at us. Um... Let's start with Martin Greer at Martin Greer on Twitter. Any truth in the rumor Marvin Lewis coached the Bearcats second half against Nevada? Bit, you're looking at me as
1: if you don't know what to talk. No, to. I saw a lot of people banging on about Twitter about something mental happened. Basically, the
0: Bearcats. Um, the Bearcats in March Madness were twenty points up, not too long to go, and they well, I wouldn't say they blew it, but Nevada came back to win. Which seems like a very Bengals-like <laughs> uh, situation to be in, Martin. Good chee- banter, Martin. Yeah, I like good, that. I like topical that. banter. Cheeky. Topical band Cross sporting banter. Yeah, absolutely oh, nailed it. it killer. Martin there. Love it. Um, Shaquille Eda Tally uh, at Shaquille underscore AFC. Great Would name. trading back be an option from twenty-one? Center prospects looking deep, and the draft doesn't seem as front-loaded as usual. So trading back could be ideal for a team. In need of quality depth like us. I mean, who knows? I mean, we're quite early into draft season, but saying that, it's like about a month away, actually, isn't it? Um, The Bengals traditionally don't do much jiggery-pokery in the draft, do they? Move up or down. I mean, they have with the Bills, with the the Preston Brown. uh, They don't mind going back.
1: They don't tend to like going forward.
0: I, I would it would surprise me if they went back down from twenty one. I mean if, they've gone down from twelve, so
1: I yeah I don't know. I would be surprised. I think if anything they'll go forward. I think they've got so many picks that they've seen from last year with the waste. There's so many players that they picked last year, aka someone like Jake Elliott. That you know you're using those picks, which are valuable picks, and you can't get everyone on the roster. There's good talent on this roster. I think if anything you want to move forward. Um, consolidate your picks and get the best talent you can get.
0: uh right, okay. um we've got loads of stuff on Russell Broad Bodine. Yep. um David Stewart at Bengal Stewart. Hi Dave. did the fan base influence Bodine to take the deal in Buffalo? Clearly was a team friendly offer. I
1: don't I don't think so. It must be sad if you're a player like Bodine though where you know the fans don't like you. I think yeah, that's a bit sad. Did he really? Uh, yeah, he probably
0: knew. I mean, social is loud, know. Of course but you know. I mean, I don't think so. The fact is that uh, again with the Preston Brown signing that, you know, that took a chunk of cash out of the, the kitty and he
1: wanted to test the market. So, yeah, I mean, fair play I, to him I think it's always respect. good in any job for people to try something new. Good luck. Uh, good luck to Russell Bodine. <sighs> I I wish him the best. Uh
0: Dreams of Witness at D Witness. Hello Jimmy. Um how many Twitter vids of Bodine whiffs have you had the pleasure of watching since the deal with the Bills? Multiple, a lot, and there's also been lots of gifts of fireworks, people <laughs> dancing. He's got a gifts. You know, his GIFs yeah, you know I what mean, I mean? I, I would put that to answer your question. I reckon it's in the. It's definitely in double figures. Imagine if
1: you worked somewhere and you left, and on Twitter there was loads of geezers putting up gifts of That's fireworks. That's already happened. I've already done. No, I'm kidding.
0: Um, Peter Dadswell at Dadders question good, good for you or, what is the or. biggest greatest o line transaction this this is a good question this is question what is the biggest slash greatest o line transaction this offseason acquiring Glenn or losing Bodine? Now, this this is like one of those under-over type of questions. Oh, I love these. I to and fro on this one.
1: By an absolute mile, Cordy Glenn over Cedric Obwehi versus Russell Bodine versus someone we don't know, potentially a rookie. 100%. Cordy Glenn's potentially a pro bowl left tackle replacing potentially the worst. I mean, I don't think it's close. I think Bodine is better than Obwehi. So you're replacing a left tackle in a boy he was the worst in the league with one of the best in the league in glenn you're getting rid of bodine who's okay not great but like average with someone that we have no idea who is potentially a rookie they're not going to be Cordy glenn standard it's a great question but i think acquiring glenn is a huge move for the bengals
0: yeah i i think you're right as much as i'm pleased that the bengals have moved on from russell bodine i just think that left tackle i mean if you kept bodine you you would have got <laughs> a barely functional centre, right? Who's
1: been there and don't. barely functional? Yeah, absolutely. I, that's what I think, man. Who do you reckon would be better at centre? This is one of my questions to you. Go on. Me and you. What? Yes. And you know, we, we've been down the gym for three months straight, and we're in ridiculous shape. <laughs> right. Going to take Bo a bit Dine. longer for me, I think. But or yeah. or Bodine. So, but there's two of us, and we're stacked. What, like in one of those pantomime horses? Uh, but no, no, no. <laughs> no, but it's us two, and like we've got like Aaron Donald coming at us. Oh, for bloody <laughs> hell, Nathan. It's going to be Bodine every no, day no, of no, the week. We, Can you imagine been, Bo, uh, Aaron Donald coming at us? Yeah, but we've, we've been down the gym for three months. We're in absurd Three months? Shows, and we've got personal trainers. We're in the Bengals weight room with them. Like, obviously, we've been good. There's two of us. <laughs> We're still Russell Bodine, and Russell Bodine's Well, leave the geezer alone, you eh? <laughs> know?
0: Yeah, I think it's uh, uh, Cordy Glenn, uh, Pete. Uh, Michael McGowan. <laughs> Hi, Mike, how you doing? Good to hear from you at Med Writer Mike. If we get a centre like Price, that will that will that be enough for Pollack to make the O line good enough for Mixon and the offensive uh line offense as a whole? That's a good question because if you look at the left side of the line, you've potentially got, say, Cordy Glenn, yep. Clint Bowling. Yeah. Um, for argument's sake, let's say as Mike said, Billy Price, for instance. Yep. And then I would say the other two positions are still up for grabs, actually. Yeah. Um, I think they were hoping... That's the whole point of signing Pollack, to try and eke out... It's like kind of getting the, more out of that uh, of that unit than Paul Anglazander could ever do. And he's got the track record. Who knows what's going to happen? I expect them to draft actually, all positions in in the draft on the offensive line, but yeah. I think centre now is obviously the the most important. So you'd hope that Pollack really does get to work on those guys.
1: The problem is you've got center, right guard, right tackle, and yeah. I don't know who's starting because you think it Andre Smither this week. he's gone. Well, that's right. Andre, Jake Andre Fisher, like you said last week, maybe he's your solution at right tackle.
0: They have got bodies there. I mean, you look at the guards that started last season, uh, Richmond and Westerman. Yeah, true. They showed promise. Yeah, yeah. So they might not want to go. In them, yeah. Uh, they might want to draft a tackle. I mean, I read earlier on Cincy Jungle this week that um, the someone was down at the lad Corbett's, um, not Ronnie, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, the the guard yeah, who's yeah. not slated to go until like the later, you know, third, fourth round. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that suggests that they're not looking for yeah. like a Will Hernandez. Yeah. Yeah. Or an Isaiah Win in the first round, you know, so it's going to be really, really interesting. Um, but yeah, you'd hope, obviously, the hiring of Pollack is like, we mean business. Yeah. it's a sta- I think it's quite a statement hire, actually. Yeah. Um, Sean Whitehead, at Sean Whitehead. Hi, Sean, with Bodine going to the Bills. Who would you want them to replace them in a draft? Uh, We've already kind of spoken of that, but you're right. You know, there's there's Daniels, there's Price, there's Frank Ragnow, Mason Cole, Will Clapp. It's quite deep for centres in there.
1: We're going to have some real good debate closer to the draft on this. Yes. We're going to save all our draft pawn. Um, until about April time, yeah. and we're going to really give you some good insight on that. But it's a good question, and we will get to it. Richard Dixon
0: at Lord Rixendale. There's a great <laughs> handle right there. I'm doffing my cap to you, Lord <laughs> Um Yeah, he he asked a similar question. But yeah, I mean, there's some good options there in the, uh, the draft. So, Johnny at Cumbleton. Who is actually a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Can you believe
1: that? Uh, um, Sneaking on our podcast, are hey, you, son? If eh?
0: Lamar Jackson is available in round one, do you take him? Johnny, nope. do your homework. I'm not going to answer that. Do your own homework, son. Nope, don't and, do it. Um, right, we get on to perfect. Uh, Cheska Douglas at FG Douglas. Solid handle. Well, um, I've got one. Do you think another team would have the same amount of patience with vonte's Perfect as the Bengals have had? Good question. Do you know what? I think they would. D- okay, really?
1: Do you yeah. you think the Pittsburgh Steelers will put up with yeah, him? Yeah, absolutely. That? Do you think oh, the Steelers will love it. Bill him. Belichick will put up with him. Mm, Do you yes. think Bill Belichick puts up with that? I don't know if he does. Well, I don't. Yeah, Belichick doesn't. But Pete of, Carroll. Does Pete Carroll put up with it? Maybe. Mike McCarthy.
0: Are you just gonna go through all the coaches now? <laughs> I don't think they would. I don't think, I think they, they would I
1: think there's a handful of teams that would. I I see, I don't know. I think I think it's a good I think it's interesting because Mike Brown is the ultimate man of yeah, giving the I last agree. chance. And Marvin Some is. Some people as well. would just be like, you know what? Why am I bothering with this? Let's right. make a bold decision and move on. I all don't right. agree with this guy. I, I don't know um memphis soul stew at Stuart baird 688 asks a similar
0: question and we've discussed that sorry stew but we've got to move on uh, mike smith at bengal underscore mike uh, he's been a guest on our podcast before and he will be very soon again has nathan got any early betting tips for the 2018 season also could you give a shout out to my former alumni the derby braves Playing in their first ever national championship this Sunday, it's really interesting because obviously consider it done. I think we're going to adopt the Derby Braves as our Bengals UK. got well, the Kent Falcons, team. my alumni team. Yeah, you no, know? come on, let's let's pick. Let, let's go oh. with Mike. You know, um, good luck yeah. to the Derby Braves. This good weekend. I, don't they they play? Play? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I was looking at because they. I'm, I live in North. Actually, this is really boring. So, but basically, <laughs> I. I. I, I thought the other day, wouldn't it be quite fun just to go and watch some American football in in London or somewhere like that? Have a few beers in, have Absolutely. a few <laughs> fights. Um, well, we'll
1: go that far, but just have a few
0: beers and, oh, yeah, it would and be have a little bit of
1: a... I remember at uni, the standard was diabolical. Oh, yeah. It yeah. was. Yeah, my mate, my best mate... <laughs> I reckon me and you over the park would be My best mate, standard.
0: Neil, when he was a teenager, there was a team locally <laughs> to us called the Stratford Tempests. <laughs> and, um, and he bought all the gear... Honestly, it's dreadful. And he dreadful. went like two or three goes and that was it. He was turned off. But um,
1: Yeah, I mean.
0: So Derby Braves, go Derby. Come on, go the Braves. Uh, in terms
1: of betting tips, yes, I am putting them together as I speak. It's too early for me to go in, but it's a great question. I, mean, I used to do that blog, didn't I? The old um, Yeah, I don't know where you stopped it. And I'll get back to you at the start of the season. I, I've got some thoughts um, okay. and I'll get back to you. Thank you, Mike. Michael Fisher at Miguel,
0: 77 LFC. Good uh, Here's a question. <laughs> Is it last chance for both Marvin and Andy Dalton this season? I love the preface. Here's a question. Here's a question. <laughs> here's a question I must pose to you. Um... No, of course it isn't. But it is. EJ, of course it is. I don't think it is the last chance, but I think that if they
1: have a shocker this season, if they win four games, this season it's over. Yeah, but then again, you could say that to any coaching call. True. Yeah, tender. right. That's good point.
0: But you know, Marvin's obviously got an extension for two years. If he doesn't do the business in two years, he's gone. And as you mentioned earlier, that you know, the Bengals can walk away from Dalton pretty much at any time. Yeah, true.
1: Um, do you know what's looking so interesting with the Andy Dalton deal? And I don't want to. I'm going to use one of Paul's words. I don't want to segue. Too much here. On. But Dalton's getting paid now way below the average of all It's It's funny how those deals come back. And you know, at at you the know, time, everyone was like, well, that's a lot of money. But now it's yeah, looking quite sensible. Actually, you've got to take your hat off, hat off to the Bengals front yeah, office. Yeah, oh, absolutely. They
0: know how to... Neg- they play hardball in mm. negotiations and they... They pretty
1: much, I would say, get a really good team-friendly deal. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, you're paying Dalton similar money to people like Josh McCowan coming back next year and other people like that, and he's definitely better than that. Yeah, oh, yeah, I would say so. Even I'd say so.
0: Um... (laughs) Duncan Price, our old chum, Duncan Price at Dastardly Duncan. Quality now. Duncan poses those quality uh, over under questions, Yo, and he's come up with an absolute zinger. Steroids with these questions. We've got to get him on. I think. <laughs> yeah,
1: we <he> do. <did.
0: laughs> um, okay, question. Right. I feel like be the answered there. Question. We, we need. We need. You need to listen. <laughs>
1: you need to listen quietly here and have a right, think. Yeah, about it's this. quite complicated,
0: but it's quite a good uh, it's opinion. A good uh, sorry, a topic of of conversation and discussion. Yeah. You can take a trio of one head coach, one offensive player, and one defensive player from any one single team to bring success to the Bengals in the next one to five years. You can go immediate impact or more speculative, one season wonders or solid vets. What a question that
1: is. What a, I That's the best question we've ever been given. Do you
0: want to kick things off? Because it is
1: difficult. Paul and I had a quick chat about this, and it was a great chat before the podcast went live. Now, we kind of both agreed on one, but I'm going to go in mine first, and then Paul's going to give you his. I'm going... There's so many, actually. There are. I'm going Pete Carroll. Go on. Russell Wilson. Go on. Earl Thomas. Oh, I love Pete Carroll. I think he's a great head coach. I think if you plugged him in, he's going to bring success to the Bengals for a long time. Russell Wilson, I think, is an amazingly exciting player. He's not the best quarterback in the league, but he's damn top eight. Probably better. And he's such an exciting player. He can do it with his feet. He's a great leader. He can do it with his leg. I mean, he he can throw it. He's got a great arm. And I don't ever think he's worked with that many amazing weapons either. He's had some decent weapons with him, but he's never worked with an AJ Green or a Tyler Wright. Well, he had Jimmy Graham when he was decent. But I I honestly think that that would be an amazing trio. We need a safety as well. And Earl Thomas is one of the best in the game. Absolutely. Okay, I'm going to give you three.
0: Right. Three, you can't. Right, no, i the gonna, league, oh, yeah. I know, but that's uh, that's all I'm giving you because right. I could go through the league, yeah. Um, right. I'm gonna give you, well, actually, no, this is one that a lot of people I think Jamie, uh, our man Jamie up in Manchester, Jamie Rowe suggested the Rams. And you could have, say, a Jared Goff or a Todd Gurley. I'd personally go for Whitworth, bring Whitworth back, Sean McVeigh, yeah, and Aaron Donald.
1: McVeigh and Donald are so
0: strong, so that's not mine, that doesn't count as mine, no, okay. okay? So I'm gonna go. Drew Breeze.
1: Yep. Marshawn Lattimore.
0: Yep. And Sean Payton. Sean, Sean Payton? Uh, Sean Payton. Is, is that a Brees. bit underwhelming? He's
1: old though, he,
0: Yeah, but he's still better than Doc. Can you imagine Breeze to AJ Green? Yeah. Come on now.
1: Brees, Sean, uh, Sean Payton's quality as well. Yeah.
0: And I just thought of something. I'm just Googling because I couldn't remember. Bill L- O'Brien. No, yeah, Texans, no. right? Um,
1: why not? Because Bill O'Brien's he, Terrible head coach. All right. Okay. So I go for Deshaun Watson, no, Bill O'Brien, no, no. and JJ Watt. That's not even a, obviously JJ Watts' quality, but even he's had a few knocks. O'Brien's a below average. Is head that coach. a bad one? And Watson, I mean, it could be good, but he only flashed in a few games. He broke his leg, the geezer.
0: That's well, I don't know. I thought I mean, that's I'm just, what about, what about the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> what about them? What Hugh Jack, <laughs> Well, who would you have on offense? Huge.
1: Uh, Josh Gordon, maybe. <sighs> Risk, isn't Who's it? On deep? I don't even know they've got some good players on who, uh, like who eh <laughs> like
0: who <laughs> you know that Miles Garrett, Garrett. Pa-
1: alright Garrett. Right. Garrett Josh Gordon and Hugh
0: Jackson I mean actually do you know what if Joe Thomas would still be yeah. there that would have been a shout
1: Um, you wouldn't have Hugh Jackson though would you let's be honest uh, maybe it's like we're not even talking about the Patriots man, or man Belichick Brady and Patrick Chung. Yeah, who would you have? On, on the, the defense? have on the defence? you have on the defence of the Patriots. Because you maybe would have had like Malcolm Butler. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. They, the Patriots are quite clever like that. They've just got quite a well-rounded yeah. team on defense and haven't they? Dante Hightower, is he still yeah, there? Yeah, he's a really a good player, shout. isn't That's he? That's a good shout. Yeah, Chandler yeah. Jones, he's brilliant, yeah. actually. Yeah, I mean, that, that'd that be a good option. Yeah. It's a great question. It's an absolutely fantastic question.
0: I mean, you could... I mean, look at the f-
1: Paul's. Paul's annoyeders. cheating here. He's getting on Google as we're doing the podcast, which to me is illegal. <laughs>
0: I can't remember who's good on the San Francisco defense at the moment, really. Because I would have said, how about Garofalo? Garofalo? Garoppolo. Garoppolo, yeah. I can't see. My <laughs> brain is gone He's the to film star, isn't he? Mike Garofalo. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, that's enough of that question. But Great there's question. one for your pub discussion. Tweet us. If you've got any
1: other ideas, tweet yes. us. And we might have missed someone.
0: Well, we probably have. Um, <laughs> and Jamie uh, Jamie Rowe again up in Manchester has reminded us. Can you give a birthday shout out to Scotty Gibb? I believe is in the states at the moment. So Scott, if you don't know Scott Gibb, he's from Aberdeen. He's the most what well, one of the right geezer. He's he's <laughs> Welsh according to Nathan. Nice, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Judging by that accent, um, but he's like super dedicated. Yeah, he's to a friends, right laugh as well. Yeah, he's a good yeah. lad. Um, I think we've reached the end of the line um, for this episode, Nathan. Um, And what an episode it's been. Great episode.
1: Yeah, absolutely unreal.
0: Um, So thank you to Solomon Wilcots. There's a sentence I never thought I'd say in my life. But thank you to Solomon Wilcots. All being well, we do have another amazing guest on next week. And do remember our fan meetup in Manchester on Saturday the 28th of April at the Britain's Protection. We'll be sending out lots of flyers and all that kind of business going on. Uh, until then, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Nathan.
1: Cheers, guys. Thank you very much for listening. And it should also be noted
0: that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.